Welcome to the weekly podcast at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church. My name is Doc Hollingsworth. I'm senior pastor of this great congregation, and we're delighted that you've joined us. Our prayer for you is that as you listen to this message, you might feel closer to God and closer to God's hope for you. Hey, y'all, thank you so much for supporting and tuning in to All Together. As we continue this month speaking about wisdom, today I want us to rush in a hurry to go toward what rewards do we gain from exhibiting and having wisdom. Friends, to be thought of as wise is not a characteristic that can be associated with everyone. Wisdom happens as we gain knowledge, but it has to be joined together with the action of actually living out the knowledge that we've gained in every area of our lives. The acquisition of knowledge alone is not what makes someone wise because many individuals have PhDs, have a multitude of head knowledge, but are so drunk with pridefulness that it leads to foolish, foolish actions and a continuation of foolishness in every area of their lives. Friends, but the pairing of knowledge and appropriate actions leads to the rewards of good character, integrity, and holistic wellness that saturates our minds, our bodies, and even our souls. See, we are wise when we become what we are learning. And through the wise instruction of Proverbs and the word of God today, we're going to examine together the awesome rewards that wisdom can bring. Now, I want you to remember, if you've been with us throughout this series, you do remember, or if this is your first time, hey, learn with us today that the book of Proverbs is a whole collection of wise sayings, which was put together to teach people exactly how to live a life that God would be pleased with. But it also compels us to live lives that we would commit actions that God would be pleased with and that we would not be ashamed of. And so in Proverbs three, it echoes that thought. But if I was to sum up all of Proverbs three, I'd sum it up this way. Trust is wisdom. Trust is wisdom. I know, I know trust is challenging, isn't it? And many of us, we suffer from what is known as trust issues, where we live our entire lives walking around skeptical of every person that comes in or out of our lives. Friends, we're taught to be skeptical of many and to only trust a few. But I want to push back to that, you know, because we do need to learn how to trust God, because when we trust God, it affects our lives in a very positive manner. When we trust God, it can calm our anxiety, reduce our stress and even lessen our blood pressure levels. It's in Proverbs three where it reveals the benefits and the rewards that wisdom brings. But wisdom is not generic. Wisdom is specific. And in verses one through six, we see this truth lived out because 
The first form of wisdom that we gain, the reward of it is that we gain heart wisdom. Check out what happens in Proverbs chapter three. Beginning at verse one, it tells us that my child, do not forget my teachings, but let your heart keep my commandments for length of days and years of life and abundant welfare. They will give you do not let loyalty and faithfulness forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart. So you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and of people. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your paths. I want you to notice something that I just read six verses, right? But in six verses, the word heart is used three times. We see the word heart used in verse one. It's used again in verse three. It's even used again in verse five. And as I've said previously, but I want you to catch it again today. Whenever the Bible repeats itself, it's God using an exclamation point to get our attention. You see, the heart is important because from the heart flows our thoughts, but also our actions. We are given here within the text heart wisdom. Within these verses, we're told to pay close attention to the wisdom that God gives. He's given wisdom throughout his words. He gave ancient wisdom even in his commandments, and he gives instructions to us even right now. He tells us that loyalty and faithfulness to God and others, as well as what God calls us to, should be a constant in our lives. See, when we etch these instructions on our hearts, these instructions from God on our hearts, it produces favor in our lives. I know it's hard to remain loyal and faithful in uncertain times. It is hard to remain loyal and faithful when you sincerely desire that your life would change. It is hard to remain loyal and faithful when that which you have prayed for reaches your friend before it ever reaches you. But this is when we must remind ourselves of the helpful heart wisdom in Proverbs chapter three, specifically in verses five and six. You've heard it before. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge God and God will direct your path. Friends, you cannot rely on your timetable of when you believe the blessing should arrive in your life or not. You cannot rely on how you think life in fact should be. Do not allow your expectation to cause you to miss the everlasting father. See, wisdom should not just enter our heads, but for it to be effective, it must take root in our hearts. See, for us to become kind, we must not only think kind thoughts, but we must be kind even inside of our hearts. See, if kindness takes root in our hearts, then we'll be kind even to the person that we dislike. We will be kind even when we go into the store with our mask on and the cashier is ugly to us. Kindness, when it takes root inside of our hearts, will thus be a lifestyle for us instead of just a singular thought that we think. See, the heart wisdom offered here in verses one through six is that we must trust God, God's direction, 
God's instructions, God's ways above our own. And we must not only learn head knowledge, but we must passionately pursue God's wisdom and allow it to take root in our heart and transform us from the inside outside. So think about this. We all have heart issues sometimes, but then God is delivering heart wisdom to us all the time. So think about it. Heart issues plague us, but heart wisdom helps us. Heart issues produce hate, but heart wisdom transforms us into people of love. Heart issues hinders community, but heart wisdom promotes unity. Heart issues promote long lasting grudges, but heart wisdom applied promotes long lasting love and grace. We need heart wisdom applied. And this only happens as we continuously and repetitively choose to trust in God. Friends, we may not like to admit it or not, but so many of us are led by fear that it is striking. But maybe if we would push past our fear and lean into our faith, we will get to really embrace the heart wisdom that God is offering us. Proverbs three offers us on the tree of wisdom, heart wisdom. But secondly, we also receive a great reward in the form of spiritual wisdom right here in verses seven through 18. The spiritual wisdom offered actually helps us in every area of our lives. We are wise to not think so highly of ourselves and to think or even label ourselves as I'm wise, aren't I? You see, we are told to honor the Lord with the lives that we live, and this will help us. And this is what makes us wise along the path of life. But you may ask, how do we honor the Lord? Well, the wise writer is about to spell it out right here. This great wisdom writer tells us in verse nine, you can honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Friends, we honor the Lord by prioritizing God in every area of our lives. And also, I know, even with our finances. See, God is not the God of only certain areas of our lives. You can't mark off. Hey, God, only right here. (laughs) Hey, God, only in this relationship, not that one. No, God doesn't listen. He's not going to listen to that. (laughs) God wants to flow in every area of our lives, the part we love and even the parts we hate, the parts we are that are magnificent and even the parts that are messy. And sometimes, friends, the way we spend our money can sometimes be one of those messy areas of our lives. Yet we're told (laughs) that even in the messiness, God is still there to give us wisdom. We're told in verses 10 through 18 to not despise the challenges and the messiness of life because God will give us discipline even in those times. See, oftentimes we experience hardship and we are ready to throw in the towel at the first sight of it. We're ready to walk away and we're ready to never return. But there are times where God is shaping us amidst the hurt. 
There are times where God is forming us in the midst of pain. There are times that we may not have all the money we want, but God is wanting us to lean into God and ask that God will provide even when our finances aren't where we want them to be. Sometimes God is transforming us even in the midst of the tornado and he's molding us sometimes even in the midst of the storm. I know it's not glamorous, but the transformation is happening and it's happening by God. See, the discipline that God is giving us even in this time is nothing to run from, but it's wise to embrace and to learn from. I know, I know we often categorize success by the acquisition of money. I like to tell people, hey, <laughs> I'm a millionaire in the making. You know what I'm saying? You know, I, I like to speak it as though it is so. But friends, there's nothing wrong with having money. But the spiritual wisdom offered in verses seven through 18 is that true wealth is not indicative of the acquisition of money. True wealth is the acquisition of and the living out of godly wisdom. Hmm. I know that's countercultural right there because we all would love to think of ourselves as millionaires in the making and a Bentley on the way and all in a Tesla in the garage. You making room for it right now, right? But check this. What would happen if we sought godly wisdom the same way we seek earthly money? Hmm. See, godly wisdom is more precious than rubies and is more precious than jewels. And if we seek God's wisdom, as I'm often told by some of my mentors, if we carry out the Lord's business, God is more than able and capable to carry out our business. See, in Proverbs three, what we see here is that we're gaining spiritual wisdom from the text, meaning that we should want godly wisdom above every other type of wisdom. Because godly wisdom can affect all of our lives. Heart wisdom affects our heart and really transforms us into people that live lives that honor God. But check out what's happening in verses 19 through 26, because we get a snapshot of what it means to have life giving wisdom. We noticed that God's wisdom, as we learned about a couple of weeks ago, was present at our creation. But then we notice in verses 21 through 26 that this wisdom writer is making an all you got appeal saying, my child, whatever you got to give up, whatever you think about, whatever you do, seek the wisdom that comes from God. Whatever you do, don't trust that you have all the answers because you don't. Whatever you do, love your friends, trust your friends. That's good. But gain your wisdom from God. Why, you may ask, because if you seek wisdom from God, your life will be well and you will be replenished and reflect and refreshed. You will not stumble on your path, but you can sleep well at night and not toss and turn because you have security. And as the gospel singer would say, you're safe in God's arms. See, when your wisdom comes from God, the wicked attacks may come, but no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. The wicked, your enemies, your haters included will arise. Yes, they will. But the confidence that you have in God will make you learn how to rest amidst the chaos. Isn't that something? <laughs> so that means that when you acquire godly wisdom, it's not that your problems cease, but it's that your confidence in God increases. 
Instead of stressing and worrying and allowing your problems to shatter your peace, wisdom from God will allow you then to in turn cling to the Prince of Peace. This wisdom is made available to us because of the sacrificial, reckless and remarkable love of Jesus. This wisdom makes personal the love and the power of God. This wisdom builds our faith and our confidence in God by giving us hope and hope that even if the situation does not change right now, <laughs> wisdom from God assures us that God continues to be with us. So even if the storm doesn't cease, God will allow us to learn how to dance in the rain. <laughs> this life giving wisdom assures us peace. It affords us clarity and it affords us life. See, these rewards are life giving. And this is why the father says to all of us that whatever you do, make acquiring wisdom your norm and priority. This wisdom that the writer is speaking of is better than any material goods. It's better than even a diamond ring if you're a great woman. <laughs> it's better than even a 401k plan. It's better than any bank account that you can have. Why? Because this wisdom assures us security now, but leads us to eternity later. This wisdom affords us a savior, and that savior is Jesus who sustains our peace. And so wisdom is a wide tree. It's an expansive tree and it has deep roots in God. And on this tree of wisdom, there's heart wisdom for your heart, because as your heart goes, that's what the type of person you will be. There's spiritual wisdom, not just for Sundays, but for all days. But there's also wisdom that is life giving. <laughs> Friends, we see that Proverbs three is soaking up and saturated with wisdom, but yet there's one more type of wisdom that you need to catch on to today. And it's not a depart from anything else that we've discussed. But yet in the last verses, verses 27 through 35, notice with me today the advantages of wisdom. See, it's in verses 27 through 32 that I give you the great summary of what's happening here. We're told some great, concise wisdom. First, Nugget of wisdom we're told is this. You want to be wise? Well, don't withhold goodness from others. Hmm. If you can help somebody, do it. Hmm. And the second nugget of wisdom is this. Don't put off tomorrow what should be done today. I don't know about you, but to my procrastinators in the in the virtual space, you raise your hand, like the page or say that's me. Hmm. But yet the third nugget of wisdom is this. Don't plot harm against anyone. That's big, y'all. That means that if someone hurts you, don't don't think about a tactic. Don't try to be Matlock. God didn't call you to do that. <laughs> you need to just pray about that thing. The fourth nugget of wisdom is this. Don't fight with anyone without reason. So don't walk around just wanting to be violent to somebody for no reason. But here's the last one. And it steps on my toes, probably steps on your toes. And if this is it, hey, just say ow in your time. Guess what? Don't admire those who are violent. Whew. See, friends, these are big and powerful don'ts, aren't they? But if we commit to sowing goodness, helping people today instead of putting it off for a later time that never comes, if we spend more time helping others than harming others, if we spend less time fighting and not looking at the tactics of those who are in love with violence, could not our world be a better place? 
<laughs> Couldn't our relationships be better? Couldn't our decisions be made better? The answer is yes. Our world could definitely become better if we relinquish these habits and learn to seek wisdom just like we seek money hmm. and learn to seek godly wisdom just like we seek new booze and learn to seek wisdom just like we seek wanting to go to vacation every minute and learn to seek wisdom just like we learn to like want to seek so much in our ambition and in our careers and in our degrees. What if we put godly wisdom over everything and allow God space in our heads, in our hearts, in our minds, in our friendships? What if we really did that? Friends, I think We'd get the great rewards of wisdom. We wouldn't walk around here saying the Lord doesn't speak to me. Because the Lord, in fact, does speak to us. He gives us heart wisdom, life giving wisdom, spiritual wisdom, and constantly shows us the advantages of wisdom. But we have to start attuning our ears, quieting our distractions to listen and apply what God is saying. God does not desire for us to function out of wickedness or hatred toward each other. God does not desire that we make decisions and enforce laws that suppress and stifle each other. God desires to give freely to us wisdom. But the truth is we must choose God's wisdom over the appealing and astonishing wickedness that's always at our fingertips. The proverb ends telling us why. In verse 33, it tells us this. The Lord's curse is on the house of the wicked, but he blesses the abode of the righteous toward the scorners. He is scornful, but to the humble, he shows favor. The wise will inherit honor, but stubborn fools will inherit disgrace. You hear that? If we seek God's wisdom, God delivers favor to us. If we remain humble, God dispenses favor to us. If we seek God's wisdom, we inherit honor. But the wicked, those who love hatred, those who are infatuated with division and violence are rewarded not with favor, but with disapproval and disgrace. The question that we must ask ourselves is, do we want the reward of God's favor or disgrace? God's favor is a reward for acquiring and living out the wisdom of God. Favor is a reward and disgrace is a lesson. My hope and the hope of Proverbs 3 is that we would always choose wisdom over wickedness. And if you need a verse that encourages you, rewind back to verse 5 and 6 that tells us, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge God and God will direct your paths. Amen. Friends, we sum this thing up when I want you to text it to yourself. I want you to write it down. Take a picture of it on the screen. The together takeaway is that our trust in God or lack thereof can lead to favor or chaos in life. Our trust in God or lack thereof, can lead to favor or chaos in life. Friends, 
our world is so chaotic. We don't know a lot of things at this time. But one thing that I stand here today to tell you in this virtual space is that you have a God that loves you amidst the chaos. I want you to know it's no secret, but this God was so wise that he crafted a plan specifically to save you and I. This plan came in the form of a man named Jesus who was sent to die for us because the wickedness was above our heads. And so, friends, I want to invite you right now that, yes, Jesus died for us. He was raised on the third day. And because Jesus arose, we have eternal life. And I want to invite you that if by chance you have no relationship with Jesus, if by chance you say, man, I, I, today I want to accept Christ, you don't have to walk down the aisle or leave the location where you may be. You can accept Christ into your heart by simply praying a prayer after me. You just repeat it. If you're ready, let's pray. I admit that I'm a sinner in need of God's love. I believe that Jesus died for me. And I confess that Jesus is the Lord of my life. In Christ's name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, or if you have any questions about the faith, any things that are bothering you, you don't fight alone. You can feel free to email us at altogether at spdl.org. My friends, we have enjoyed our time together and I pray you have enjoyed it as well. And what I want to ask for you to do is if by chance you want to give a gift or so into this ministry, you can do so by going to spdl.org. The giving option is there and you feel free to indicate under the drop down menu. This gift is for all together. Friends, I want you to have an amazing week. Embrace diversity, live a worshipful life. And guess what? I need for you to choose wisdom over any wickedness that we may see in the world. Have a great week. Thanks for joining us. If you live in the Atlanta area or visiting Atlanta, come and worship with us in person on Sundays at Second Ponce de Leon Baptist Church.